What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Shonuff71, aka Digga, Dulamite. Purple bling bling. Y'all. Y'all. Mm. <laughs> and your auditory canals are tuned into episode 163 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, partners and my partners in crime, rather. First on deck, we got Dez, aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Hater, aka the Cat Daddy, aka the Gamer Step Daddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Just happy to be inside. It's supposed to be rainy. Um, I hope it's nice where you are, but we're gonna get some rain where we are. And um I know the big adage in California is, oh, we need the rain. It can't come in. But uh, just, I know we need it, but uh, rain. But anyway. Yeah. I just hope it, I just hope it's good where you're at. <laughs> and, of course, our, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is that food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, just busy putting up the fences over here. You gotta make sure uh, people come to the Gaming Vessels Discord. All right, good stuff. <laughs> That's right. Come and check us out. Yep, you know it. <laughs> you know it. If you comment on anything, you know, main event or episode-wise, make sure to do it on the Discord and nowhere else. So. I mean, Twitter's <laughs> fine. Yeah, Twitter's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as per usual with our shows, we've got our we got a uh, list of topics, and of course, our first topic on the docket is going to be the playlist. All right, uh, Des, you kick things off this week. What you been playing, man? All righty. Well, aside from the normal stuff that that I've been playing. Um, what with Joe, I actually didn't play any. Um, I didn't play any Outriders this this past week. I don't think. Um, I was f- working on school stuff, so I got that stuff done, and then I just was kind of like, just needing to rest. Just like, oh, I need to rest, and then uh, I really just was like, okay, let's just start playing some games. So, been playing Spider Man again, trying to 100% it. I'm still going through the. The main game, just about seventy six percent on it right now. So, so I'm making my way through it. Um, still, such a good game. It was one of the best games. Uh, if you haven't played it, you really should. Such a fantastic game. Um, again, to the point where uh, where uh, the villains are all you know, Sinister Six is all there and they're doing their thing. So it's all great. It's all gravy. Uh, then I went on to my Xbox, which is crazy. I know I haven't played my Xbox in a very long time, but I got on it and I started downloading a ton of games, a ton of like, like this month, it was all about game pass. I was like, yay. So I downloaded a couple of games on there. Uh, the only game that I started playing was tainted grail and tainted grail is a card, a card building roguelite kind of like say the spire or monster train um a little bit um but it's it's more of a 3d type of type of thing because you're walking around this 
this uh, Arthurian weird world and you have to, you know, like these, there's this fog over everything and you're, you know, dead and, and you're trying to sort of rebuild your world or do something. I don't know. And you have to destroy these, these, these monsters that are keeping you in like purgatory or something. And there's this stuff called the weirdness. And that's this, um, uh, this fog that is permeating everything. And so you have to go through these different, from the village you walk around with your with your candles your warding candles and they ward off the weird in it and it's this interesting mechanic in which the the it's it's sort of like um um uh darkest dungeon where where the brighter it is the weaker the monsters are and and so you you light your candles you only have a, a certain amount of candles and you have to go back uh to the town but the game is pretty hard it's a it's a pretty hard game because it's a roguelite and there's like a bunch of different uh, characters that you can play that are that are unlocked through progression in the story you have to save these villagers to build up to build up the uh, village so so there is some progression or uh meta meta progression that that keeps going um when you die so you're supposed to die uh but the card battling is fun uh it takes uh, the tried and true formula of say the spire and adds more to it, and I think this looks great on my um, on my Xbox uh, Series S. I think this looks really good, so I'm enjoying it. I'm quite enjoying it. I, I like I like uh, deck building uh, games, and this is probably one of the better ones. So, uh, really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Awesome. And then Thank I you. yeah, and then I fired up I fired up my Switch, and uh, because I don't know what happened, I got a I got a wild hair. You know, and I just decided to buy a bunch of games on the Switch. And so I bought uh, Rune Factory 5, the collect edition, because I have Rune Factory 4, the remake edition. I bought that uh, for myself, you know, because I am a sort of simulation uh, type of game, sim game, sim gamer. But uh, Rune Factory always has a lot more action in it. So it's a for me, there's something to do than just the farming. Well, I think the farming is really fun. I, I need something more to kind of um, to to kind of um, uh, help me get really into it. And that's why uh, games like Moonlight Moonlighter was really good because you you ran the store and then the the stuff you got on your on your on your runs you could then do it in the store. And I thought that was a really kind of push and pull that was really fun. And so um, that's kind of what that is like in the game. I haven't played it yet, but that's one of the games on my radar. I also bought uh, Kirby, the new Kirby game. Um, haven't played it yet. Um, I bought that for Paul, my partner. So um, he's going to start playing that. And then I got Grow, which was... Uh, now, the Grow is, is like a simulation, a gardening-type simulation game, but there's no combat in it. And that's by the people who did Yonder. And that was a game that I bought a while ago. And Yonder was like an animal taming kind of thing. thing, And you had little puzzles and there was no combat in that either. Like, I don't think they make games, the company, I don't think they make games with combat in them. It's all about, you know, living in harmony with the world or something, which is great, you know. Um, and that game really is very chill and it's you know you run around you try to find try to find animals and uh live your life on this kind of uh archipelago i think it is but but paul's really enjoying that one as well um 
And then the last game that I got was Dodgeball Academia. And I don't know, it, it just looks like such a fun game when I was looking at it. And I know that it's 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 um it's on Xbox Game Pass, but I want to get it for Switch because it's one of those games that looks well number one number one i didn't realize it was on game pass but number two i wanted to get it because i thought it's one of those games that, that really that really would um really would work well in handheld mode um side scrolling dodgeball uh game it's not a turn-based rpg type of game it's actually a dodgeball game and you have three people on your dodgeball team and you can you can have solo matches. You can have uh, two on two, three on three, and this is a really interesting uh, array of characters. You're this little kid who wants to go to dodgeball high school or junior high or something, and the whole lore is crazy. It's like there was a there was the dodgeball wars in the past, and and it the whole world was in strife because of because of the stuff, and so the dodgeball war happened. And there was the, the 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 dodgeball hero threw a dodgeball so hard that it got stuck in this in this in this rock, and it spins perpetually. And so when that happened, everyone thought he was a the uh, the the hero, and he was just like, oh, you know. And and from then on, they stopped fighting, and that's it. And I was just like, okay. And then as your kid, you have to you touch the dodgeball and you open up your dodgeball power. And so, you know, and hilarity ensues, you know, there's a bully, there's weird kids, there's perk, not perks, there's um like different effects and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's just a really fun game um, and it doesn't take itself very seriously. It's very colorful, very bright. And um, and it, if you have Xbox Game Pass, definitely check it out. Um and then if you want to support it, uh, definitely. I think I think it was done by a very small studio or only one person. But either way, it's really fun. And it's a, it's an RPG, but it is not turn-based. And I think that's really cool. It's like an active system on your dodgeball court. So you're blocking balls, you're catching balls, you're throwing uh, balls. And when you throw the balls, it's like this, it's like this you know, it's kind of like um, imagine Windjammers, with, but an, uh, an RPG like Windjammers. And then, and then uh, you have these special moves, and the main kid's special move is like a giant hamehameha with the with the with the dodgeball, and you just kind of like almost KO people. It's really bizarre, but each one has their own kind of like super special dodgeball move. But it's been a I, lot of. Fun. I wanted to like that game. I did. Oh, you, you tried it? I tried it. Yeah. I don't know. The, I, I, the dude looks like OKKO OK from Cartoon yeah, Network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to like that. Yeah. I think I was expecting it to play like Techno Super Dodgeball, which it does oh, not. No, it does not. And that's that's the bar that I that I measure all not that there's any that I can remember. <laughs> that's the bar that I would measure a dodgeball game is like if it if it if it's on that level and this game is not. And, yeah. and so it, I just, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I, I, it didn't, I couldn't yeah, rock with it. I, I wanted to like it. I wanted to I really did because I thought it's, I thought its premise was definitely interesting. It's like yeah. if they could, if they had Technos, uh, play mechanics with their color palette design and uh, story, I think they would have had a, a hit. Mm. But yeah, but I'm glad you're digging it. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty fun so far. Um, yeah, and then, if, 
I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, I was going to say, uh, if anyone has Humble Choice through Humble Bundle, it's part of the um, catalog of games you get access to. So, Cool. Um, and it's free on that one as well? Well, you know, that's what the monthly Humble Choice, where you have to pay, like, I think, what, 12 bucks a month to get a bunch of okay. keys. But they have, like, a little, like, uh, separate aside, because this was published by Humble Games, and so they put all their self-published stuff into... Uh, downloadable catalog basically for um, subscribers to access so oh great um cool so the last time the last thing i played was final fantasy origins stranger in paradise and i started playing that and i i don't know that game for whatever reason is a lot of fun it's just a lot of fun it's like a beat em up souls game <laughs> and with, in, with final fantasy clothing on it and it's really cool and i thought that jack would get super annoying and he actually isn't and i want to say and and this is going to sound weird i'm getting a lot of god hand vibes from it honestly and i say that with no um with no uh what's the word no like uh jest it's it's just it i'm getting that kind of god hand stuff and when you when you fight the the villains and you're doing all your stuff and there's this really cool mechanics with the with the with the soul soul guard or it's a soul burst but and the guarding and then the the stuff that you could do and the and the the moves like there's combos you can do in the game and then you can unlock new combos for the for the characters that you're playing or for the jobs that you're playing and you can switch your jobs on the fly as long as they're all within the same kind of job job um job function uh i played the the first level the first like dungeon i had to play it like three times not the whole thing because you have little markers that that you'll pop in like like the bonfires or whatnot and because the game kind of the game's kind of tough you know the game's kind of tough it does not hold your hand. Uh, you have to be able to block and do your soul burst as well. When you do your blocking is normal. Like when you're blocking, blocking is usually used for like super fast, quick um, enemies who, who don't have a, a specific kind of flashy attacks or anything. And then uh, bigger hulking or, uh, type monsters who telegraph their moves you can use your soul your soul burst to block it and then you actually get the powers from them so it's a, kind of like a blue mage kind of ability and so so you're able like when you're fighting the 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 little bombs with like the with like the the, the little guys on fire that kind of bounce around that float around like they'll shoot fireballs at you and if you and if you're able to dodge it right or if you're able to use your soul bur burst right You'll you'll get two charges of their fire, and you can throw their fire back at them and do stuff. It's really fun. And then the uh, you have to to use the magic. You literally have to get into the fray. To so I was playing a mage, and so you just can't stand in the back and throw magic at everything. Like you have certain charges that you can use your magic, and then you. But then if you run out, you have to go into the fray and you have to attack. You have like like magic users the, the the mage uses a club and a shield and stuff it's so bizarre and so but then there's but then there's moves that you can do so you can either you can either run in do some attacks to fill up your your mp or do 
other there's when you do soul bursts you can uh, fill up your mp as well but you could do that or you can you can use your combo to do mage like finishers in your combo so you'll do like r1 r1 r2 and you'll you'll release like a, a whirlwind or you'll do like a um uh, an earth uh, seismic attack so it's just really this cool stuff and like there's tons of combos that you can literally unlock for each of the class and then and then you can assign those those combos into your combo list it's crazy um and then like the amount of loot you get in this game is absurd like it's absurd uh the only thing that you don't get again if you die and start over again uh is the is the chests like the chests won't respawn but the enemies will respawn and every time you kill them they give you more gear it's like tons and tons of gear now is all the gear created equal no you know it's not but they just shower you with gear it is so crazy the amount of gear you get in this game and and some of it will just um give you a little bit of increase in some of your abilities some will give you a lot some have job affinities like if you're wearing if you're wearing a lot of gear uh that gives you a lot of job affinity for the job that you're using uh it unlocks new uh, uh on it unlocks even more abilities and stuff and you could do that for jack you're like on the fly you can switch out to whatever is in your um like i guess the one universal um the one universal job that anyone can do is the is the is the rogue i think it's the rogue or or no the duelist sorry and the duelist you could be anything like duelist you can switch from any of your classes to a duelist it's like it's like the jack of all trades one and and it's just really it's just, it's just a really fun like system and and then you run through and and if you use one of the cubes or called, i guess they're called cubes or something you it'll it, it'll revive all your potions and uh but it'll also revive all of the minions so you can just sit there and grind you know any level just straight up grind if you want um I, that's what it seems like but the game is fun but don't even get me on the story the story is just so silly it's like it's like jack is that one guy who just doesn't want to be there it's like he just wants to go in and just just kill chaos literally that's anything he says like to have any kind of conversation with anyone else it's always like he gets mad it's like why are we having this conversation when i have to kill chaos and i'm just like you are you need to simmer down sir and he's just like and, like, and, and then there's this there's this big like soliloquy that someone like you meet someone later and this person goes on and on and gives this 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 like super emotional story about this about this stuff that's happening to them and, and it's just like this oh uh, you're so into it and Jack is just like bullshit and he turns and walks away and you're like wait what <laughs> I'm like uh huh <laughs> yeah I've seen some cutscenes from the game and they're they're I'm, pretty bananas so so silly like I I'm I'm really enjoying myself like it doesn't it literally takes the souls formula and just does something completely different. There's no stamina bar. There's no nothing. The only thing you have is a block bar. So you can't block indefinitely. Um, and there's two ways you could block. There's two ways you could attack. 
and then and then then you have like like leadership abilities or something that you can do that are just like specific abilities that just help out in the battlefield. I mean, the game is nuts. Uh, the game is nuts, and you can and you can you can equip your character your other characters as much as you want. You can change their stuff up. I haven't been able to change their jobs, so I don't think they have they can change their jobs, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But but his jobs are just it's just silly. Like I'm just watching him. Like I'm I'm playing this game and I'm watching him and I'm just like you are just you're just bananas right now, Jack. Just seriously, some of the stuff he says is just it's like grunts. It's like why are you grunting at these people? It's like (sighs) yeah, exactly. He's like (laughs) he's just like literally everything annoys this man. (laughs) So that's what I'm thinking. Like I'm getting this sort of like this sort of the pseudo god hand vibes of, of 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 how you can run around and do stuff like the game does not take itself seriously at all or if it does i have not gotten there yet <laughs> i'm serious and you can literally stop and 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 change your change your equipment on the fly and you can put your job points and stuff you can only you, you can only um upgrade your jobs at the cubes or something so so if you so if you do that if you do that Every, all the enemies will come back, but there really is no reason to backtrack unless you want to. Because mm-hmm. at least in this first dungeon, everything was very linear. So, but I think Kevin, I think that you're gonna really enjoy this game if you play it. Like I, yeah. it just, it just, I don't know. There's like, it's just something about it. Just, just, I don't know. Even right now, the talking about the game just kind of makes me happy. Like I have this giddy smile on my face and i haven't i haven't felt this way for in a game in a while even when i lost i was like okay okay i gotta go back i gotta i gotta tear him up i gotta tear him up you know <laughs> the next time i gotta get him the next time this is really good this is really it's a really good game but those are all the games that i've been playing uh so i'm gonna kick it over to joe joe what have you been playing buddy oh well we did play some outriders i think it was me you and christian for a little bit uh, we was that this week Oh wow! I think that it was this week. Yeah. Oh, then I completely forgot about that. Then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, probably not much to talk about. I mean, pretty much just still pressing on with our uh, playthrough. I know you've been switching up your secondary character, so I forgot which character you're rolling with. Uh, uh, my pyromancer is the one that I've been kind of sticking with most of the time. Yeah, I'm still, you know, rocking the Devastator and. uh, you know, Christian came to help me because I was like, you know, just going in a little, doing a little solo action, you know. So, just I, I still like to go back to Outriders. I think it's a good multiplayer game. I'm looking for another multiplayer game. Maybe we could all play. Maybe if we get the wherewithal. I know I thought the Todekin Kawami was going to be it, and I need to go back to that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't mind we'll that. Talk, yeah. So we'll probably talk about that and get that into that more in the next uh, episode on there uh, another multiplayer game that's really not a multiplayer game <laughs> at least for the rest of the crew is uh babylon's fall i'm still signing on because it's like every day i sign on it's like okay let me just go grab my daily login bonus on the freaking demo for god's sake <laughs> so it's like, uh, it counts and uh sometimes i'll just stick around and maybe do a mission or two because i'm still gated because i'm just playing the demo so it's like the first two areas and that's it and so sometimes i can't quick match and i'm still you know just going in maybe playing maybe one maybe two you know and it has begun babylon's fall did get a price uh discount from 59.99 to down to 39.99 but uh 
as you longtime listeners of the show, if this is your first episode, I took a, a little 90-day game purge from February 1st up until the end of April. And now I'm not going to be like on May 1st, just like you know, spending hundreds of dollars or anything. But uh, uh, Babylon's Fall, I'm still keeping an eye on. You know, it's it's on my dashboard. You know, it's like uh, I'm thinking by the time May rolls around, we'll see if maybe it's part of the new... Uh, PlayStation Plus service, you know, we'll see if uh, it's further discounted and they'll kind of take it from there. I, I think in this game is not a game that either of you two are going to go back to. I know Kev for sure. <laughs> so, uh, I'll probably go back to it. Especially when you get it. Like, I'm okay. always looking for something to play with you. You know, when I was thinking when you when we had the when we when you told me about how cheap it is getting i was like okay well it'll be cheaper in may 1st maybe you know i mean if they're willing to go down this much you know maybe it'll go down you know a little bit more so yeah i even <clears throat> debated about because the steam demo just came out and there's probably other people on steam looking to play the game or check it out and so maybe seeing how it looks on pc and see how it goes because if it gets more of a uh, traction on pc you know then maybe something uh Maybe I'll invest in that side of the fence, possibly. We'll have to see whether the um, save file goes back and forth on there. So, uh, As far as other games I've still been playing, um, I think uh, last week, uh, last episode, I talked about how much I've been enjoying Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown, and I've really gotten back into fighting games. It's just like every night I log into that and uh you know i'm doing okay you know some you know, just like anything else especially going online and playing rank mode it's like sometimes i get into a brick wall you know an opponent's just too good you know and there's some, some things i might need to work on you know sometimes i'm running the floor and doing a winning streak and that kind of thing so i'm still just mainly uh, using lion as my main and i'm just using from the thousands of hours i've played of other games in the series is kind of like my muscle memory is still in place to do a lot of the combos and whatnot but i'm like kind of going in to do the um training and uh area as far as section in the game and, and rediscovering some moves and kind of refining my move set and that kind of thing so usual fighting game business i just uh kind of cool so I'm, I'm feeling like i'm reconnecting with a, a genre that i kind of let go for a while on there and i wouldn't mind uh you know if we could find a, a, a particular game that we all want to play you know as far as fighting game wise i you know i think we talked about ad nauseum on the show uh episodes and episodes where you know it's something where you know we're lapsed you know fighting game enthusiasts and uh love to get back into a game it might be king of fighters 15 for me once may 1st rolls around i think that's one game i did say i am going to pick up it's something i've been wanting to try and i think with this in new enthusiasm with virtual fighter 5 i think uh, king of fighters is definitely something that i'm going to be looking forward to playing on there um also i uh, you know i think i mentioned an episode or two ago that uh, there was a game on sale super cheap for the switch and i wound up instead um you know queuing it up and getting it from the library instead so and so i've been checking out pokemon mystery dungeon rescue team dx on here and the particular thing about this game is this is a um switch port of the original first pokemon dungeon game that was originally released 
for the Game Boy Advance and then also brought out on the DS at some point on there. And uh, it's your usual, you know, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game, which is uh, basically kind of a riff off of uh, the uh, Shirin the Wanderer series on there, the Mystery Dungeon game in Japan that started it all back in like Super Famicom days back in the early 90s. And so you're basically going in and it is a rogue inspired uh dungeon crawler it's not a roguelike like a lot of you know indie games uh kind of tend to be where you're constantly dying but it's a point that it takes more of the influence from the original like game rogue on there and so and obviously since it's a pokemon mystery dungeon game it's a very kiddified very um not a lot of difficulty involved with it so far and it's just getting back into the formula a bit on there so you just go in in the randomly generated dungeons and you're you know like the uh subtitle says you are rescuing you know pokemon that are uh you know in these dungeons and going in and doing some you know menu-based combat and grabbing some loot uh, getting some items and it's just uh, I've been playing mainly portable mode too which is kind of a change for me with switch on there you know I, th- I feel it's something that can be relaxing it's probably the anti-elden ring if you want to say a game's anti-elden ring like the total polar exact opposite but uh, you know whether I decide to you know c- continue I'll probably keep renewing it but I do have other mystery dungeon games I own you know both the Sharon, the Wander, which came out from uh, uh, Ascus Games uh, not too long ago, came out for the Vita and, and PC, and then uh, there was a Switch version that just came out that I picked up a copy of, and I actually might transition from this Pokemon version of it and go over and just start playing Sharon instead of uh, pursuing it. I just want to see, you know, because, you know, the Pokemon bent, um, you know, even though I'm a Pokemon fan, it's like, okay, whole subplot of, of it is that you wake up and you're a Pokemon, you're a human child or whatnot, and you are, uh, you know, it, just like every other Mystery Dungeon game, you uh, start the game off by answering some various questions to get your personality and they basically pick a Pokemon for you and I wound up being picked as a Charmander and so that's my Pokemon of choice right now and I'm rolling with uh, uh, my partner Mudkip on here. I got to choose my partner on there. So we're just going in and rescuing Pokemon. What'd you name your Mudkip? Um, I just named him Mudkip. So Oh. I didn't I didn't I just kept the character names as the Pokemon. Oh. I thought you were gonna name him like Desmond or Chevin or something. No. <laughs> You want? I could go back in. I could. I could like rename. We'll have a gaming vessels crew. I did name the rescue team uh, G GVP. So GVP. <laughs> so. I mean, it just seems like you would do that. I mean, uh, not a yeah. bad thing. I just think that it would be kind of fun. Yeah, better than naming it uh, GH Radio, right? <laughs> I mean, if you think so. <laughs> And then also uh, for uh, game night, uh, you know, Chase joined us on there and uh, we dove in and I downloaded uh, Strange Brigade on the PC on Steam because we both, you know, was checking out what I had in my Steam library that we both had. And uh, 
man oh man oh man strange brigade it runs super well on pc um it's really optimized i got to really see the big difference between running a game uh, that i originally played on the playstation 4 even on playstation 5 and back compat and all that it runs at 60 frames but to see this thing run at highest the greatest resolution 120 frames, uh, looking all nice and pretty, running at 1440p on my monitor. It was just like, it was kind of eye-opening a bit on there. Even Chase was mentioning the fact during game night that, uh, you know, this game is not listed as a quote-unquote, you know, one of the um, graphical showpieces or whatnot, but Rebellion did a really good job with the PC version of it and kind of made me curious to see... Uh, uh, how other uh, PC games might run on Steam versus console and see what I've been missing, you know? It's like, you know, I think, Kev, you talked about the, some of the, like, prior-gen PS3 and Xbox 360 games running on Steam in Super the Greatest mode, and this is, I think, this is my first time really, you know, noticing a big, big difference, you know? And so sometimes a graphical snob and a graphical, you know, Cooler, if you might want to say, you know. So I wouldn't <laughs> no, say I'm not. I'm not the high-res hater over here. I'm the high-res lover. How he dare is you? High-res lover. So uh, I enjoyed my uh, 1440p 120 goodness. So I'll be uh, maybe playing that further with Chase and. Uh, I downloaded uh, it too. Good deal. You bought it for like yeah. four dollar. Make yeah, a holla. Chase, Chase, uh, Chase gave me a, uh, he helped me out. He, he he gave me the hookup, and I was able to get it. Um, so I'll be playing with them too. So if you guys, it's a four player game. So if y'all wanna wanna hang out with us and play it, please let me know. Uh, let us know. We can definitely do it on uh, one of our game nights. For sure. And that's it for my playlist this past week. So. Kev, what oh, you been up to? What you been playing? Uh, I've been playing the overtime game mm. again this week, this past week. So my that took, of course, took up the biggest chunk of my game time. So I only got two that I played. I've been playing Chorus, which is the I don't think Chorus really got the proper amount of time to shine. It, I'm trying to remember, I, th- I want to say that there was like a big profile game that came out right around Chorus's launch window. I, I can't remember offhand, but. Oh, the Chor- bad thing about Chorus, it came out in December. I mean, what game yep. came out in December? Oh, it came, no, out, a couple, yeah, okay. it, it came okay. out a couple of weeks before Christmas. So oh, it's okay, like- yeah. yeah. I knew there was something with it with its launch i i was thinking that it came out with a big game it was like literally the last of the what was it 2020 came out december 3rd yeah yeah um it was like one of the last games to come out that year and i think the focus was on other games you know other uh higher profile titles but Chorus is a really good arcade-inspired space shooter. It it really is third person. The the art design, the um, like the actual design of your character's ship once you get it, it's really impressive. It's really impressive. It moves 
I don't even know what mode I'm in. I want to say it's I'm playing in 60 hertz mode. But all I know is that when I look at the screen, it's just super smooth. Controls are arcade simple, but it gives you the illusion that you're an adept pilot, you know, flying this ship through 3D space. That is something that very few arcade shooter, arcade space shooters can do out like outside of first person. Rogue Squadron is the only one that came, that series came the closest to it, but Chorus does it much better. Chorus does it much better than, than Rogue Squadron did. The you when you're fighting a when you're fighting an entire squadron by yourself, and sometimes you can get yourself into a rhythm where you're um well you're and they call it they call it drift, which is <laughs> which is kind of really kind of bizarre, but in a way it's I think it's kind of an homage to games like Omega Race and Asteroids from back in the day where you could be turning your ship in one direction and literally be drifting in an, in the complete opposite. Well, that's basically what you do in this game. And your thrust is kind of like more of like an, an immediate direction corrector more so than a, uh, mode of, I mean, yeah, it's both a, an immediate direction corrector and a mode of transportation because in order to keep from getting shot, you've got to keep riding the thrust, the, the thrust. And in order to make those hairpin, uh, what, what would the word be, uh, line up those, those the shots as things are flying in reversing direction, you've got a drift. And the drift is what rotates your ship. Even though you're flying in a different direction, You then you lift off the drift button and then your boosters kick in and that's what sends you in the direction that you're facing. So you never really have to lose your sight of target. And I mean, it, it w there is a bit of a learning curve to it, but once you get it, you fall, kind of start falling into a rhythm of combat that, I mean, you're switching from, I'm switching from lasers to missiles to Vulcan lasers, and it, it, you're just laying waste to everything. Uh, you fly through large... Uh, freighters enemy freighters blowing up uh, reactor cores and watching these massive explosions throughout the, the 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 battlefield the space battlefield so to speak and it does i mean it, it's a great game the only thing i don't like is there are a lot of escort missions in the game uh, i don't like escort missions hardly yeah, neither do i and one of the enemies that they send in these escort missions is called a vulture, and it is it is a pain in the butt, not because it's hard to kill or anything. It's just annoying. It throws these shields up, and you have to drift around to the back end of the ship to shoot it where the shields aren't. So as you're shooting it, it'll, oh, I, I got to get away. So it'll fly away, and as you're building up damage on it, It'll stop, and then its its shields will recharge. Now, I guess there's some kind. I have burst its shields before. I don't know what the parameters to doing that are. I have I I don't know. I know I've done it completely by accident, but 
those vultures are a pain in the butt. And if when you're uh, protecting uh, resistance, because the whole concept of chorus is that you're, it's almost like you're an expatriate from a cult, from a space cult. And uh, these, this, you are one of the chosen, which are these uh, individuals that can pilot these ships built by the old ones. And the old ones have this AI that basically makes them sentient for the most part. And like one little ship can blow up a whole planet, which is kind of, yeah, which is kind of funky. But you let you broke ranks with the cult, you deserted and you're trying to build your life. And of course, the cult, in fact, that's what they call them. They call themselves the cult on a whole lot of. No, the circle. That's what they're called. They're they're called the circle. So the circle shows up to where you're trying to live your peaceful life. So then you got to go back and get your ship. And I I know this is kind of probably spoilers a little bit, but the story is not that deep. <laughs> it, it it really isn't. But the gameplay is a lot of fun. So I've been playing that. I've been able to sink some more time into Forbidden West. I'm not going to say anything about Forbidden West because the story is very deep in that game. Um, I'll just say that of the main quest, there are two components. There are three components of the main quest. I have completed two. I've got one more to go. And I think that will begin my... I think that's going to begin the end scenario, I think. Not sure, but I think that is. So... I want to take some time and discover the rest of the cauldrons so I can override more machines, uh, save up enough shards so I can buy some of the highest, buy the highest end gear. Just same thing I did with with uh, the first game. Just kind of kind of min max it a little bit, uh, complete some. I'm not I'm not trying to platinum it or anything. I'm just really enjoying the game. Uh, Forbidden West is just it, it is, I think, a a, a third person a third person masterpiece. Uh, definitely my my game of the year at this point. And even though that's not game related, yesterday went to the movies with uh, Trader Joe, and I haven't set foot in a theater since the pandemic broke out. So that's what two years now. Uh, might be three, I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, and checked out Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. I, it's an anime I have. I have. I've had the series in my queue, and I've wanted to check it out. It's good. I would suggest that if you have the opportunity to, I think it might. The the movie might be streaming on Crunchyroll. But no, not uh, yet. Not, not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, it's just in theaters. I know a lot of people were waiting for it to pop up on uh, streaming services. So okay. But I, I, I wanted to pop up because I want to watch it in its entirety because we went to a 1030 showing and, you know, after. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You you didn't make it. <laughs> no, I didn't make it. I, I, I caught some bits at the end, but uh, I missed I miss some um, bits and pieces. I had amnesia. It's like an anime trope right there. So. Mm. But it's really good. Definitely worth checking out. Saw it in IMAX, which is my first time being in IMAX theater. Uh, was for Jujutsu Kaisen, and the the sound was on point, and the animation was on point. It was an overall really good 
really good, uh, really good movie. It kind of makes me regret not checking out Mugen Train from uh, Demon Slayer when it was in theaters. So I know it was in IMAX as well. I kind of wish I would have checked checked it out there. But we were like one of we were like I was like one of uh, th- th- three people. other people. Oh, there were yeah. five people in there. Yeah, five people, including me and you, of course. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so no fear of the COVID crowding. So that's really pretty. the only way I'm going to be going into a a, a, a traditional theater because I ain't going to see no uh, mainstream, uh, no mainstream films anytime soon until uh, till this COVID thing is is uh, addressed in some form or fashion. It's just I, I just don't feel it's worth the risk. But I kind of look at it like this: uh, when it comes time time for Christmas time, I'll have. I'll probably have uh, some cool movies to go and pick up for pennies on the dollar at Best Buy for Black Friday. So <laughs> I look at it that way. So that's all I've been doing this week. So that's going to move us into our next topic on the docket, that being the main event. All right, Des, you on deck. All righty. So for this week's question, we asked, well, actually, we had a couple of uh, folks who who had a couple of questions that came in uh, after after we recorded. So we're going to read those questions first uh, before we go on to this week's question. So so the question that was asked prior to this last question was with the recent uh, release of Babylon's Fall. Do you have a favorite game that everyone else hated or had a bad opinion of? Beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder, so let us know of any favorite games that everyone else straight hated on. And we got two other people to comment. Um, And the first one was Mike Phillips on Discord, and he says, Alpha Protocol, exclamation point. I have to agree with you 100%. That is one of my all-time favorite games, and people did not like it, unfortunately. Um, and I just thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. I loved everything about the game. I beat that game. I, I am trying to play it again right now. It's just, um, I, I got it on steam, um, uh, through, uh, through a sale and I'm just like, I'm trying to play it again because it looks great on steam and I just have to sit down and do it. But yes, alpha protocol, fantastic game. I really wish they would do it, do another alpha protocol game because it is just fantastic. So Mike Phillips, I think that game got a lot of undeserved hate and I don't really know why. So I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts on why I got hate. Um, but yeah, perfect, perfect game. In my opinion, it was great. Um, AZ rock slide on discord says battleborn. Really? A few friends and I really loved that game. The multiplayer was mad best, but playing the co-op with friends was a lot of fun. I have to say, there have been a lot of games that just straight up trash, 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 Babylon's Fall. But um, it's different because when you play with a friend, you know, it makes it that much better. So, (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, I can totally understand that. Totally understand that 100%. So thank you everybody for, I for tend to agree with that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody who who replied. Oh, Babylon's Falls trash, really? 
Um, but but again, when it yeah, I'm the, I'm the bum it, in the back, like digging through the cans, I guess. You know? When you so. when you play it with a friend, all that goes away. You know, yeah, because yeah, you're playing yeah. it with a friend, you're hanging out. It's fun. all right. You're, you're gonna be like me out there with the metal detector trying to look for coins on the beach. You know, it'll be fun because it's a it's a group activity. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, buddy. But 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 again, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oh, thanks for uh, like uh, reading those off too. Yeah, I, I forgot to look on the GH Radio Discord where I posted the question last week. Um, before we recorded the show and I forgot to add it to the outline from last week's episode. So they did actually respond within time. It's just the point oh. I forgot to add. All right, no worries. Yeah. Well, we got you in there. So thank you again, guys. Um, so for this week's question, for, for this week's question, we asked, uh, what's your opinion on games needing, needing to connect to the internet 24 seven with the recent issues, uh, on Gran Turismo seven, uh, we want to get your opinions about online connectivity. Let us know and we'll discuss that on our next show. Well, that, that next show is now, so we're going to discuss it. Uh, Fred French, uh, 2017, Mr. Mustard says, um, I probably wouldn't buy a game that needs a 24-7 connection. With my luck, that one time I really need to play the game, my internet would have some stupid issue. If all games went into needing, needing a constant connection, then I guess I would be a great time to tackle my backlog. Okay, that's that's definitely fair, 100%. Um, Lab Lover uh, at Twig twig uh 4075 on twitter says my opinion it's absolute bullshit there you go i'm really enjoying gt7 but the always online and the slow trickle of race rewards pushing me towards mtk are really souring the experience hmm microtransactions and yeah yeah Yeah. but i'm just okay but i'm just but i'm just agree with my own opinion on it as i don't i don't know why it needs to be uh connected 24 7 i mean i guess it's because they want to facilitate updates at least that's what they tell us but i think it's more than that yeah you don't have to be online 24 7 to facilitate update yeah exactly so that's the same thing would have happened if it was offline and online they had to take the servers down to do some updates which is what caused the fervor to begin with yeah so it's like if you just yeah. had an online option, an offline option, then I just don't see why it was necessary. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like that thing where where you're like, you can have an online offline mode, you know, where you can connect the online to do what you need to do, but but the game should be able to be able to be played offline, right? You would think. like, I don't know. Like I love multiplayer, but I think that I personally think that every game should have an offline mode. There should be no reason why you have to. But I, I think know. they mentioned it was to prevent cheating, quote unquote. You know, but I mean, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm buying it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No. Well, whatever. So, Will D on Discord says, for me, it depends on the game. Examples, Destiny 2, definitely needed. Assassin's Creed, not needed. Uh, Microsoft Flight uh, Flight Sim, needed. Games or Sims, somewhere in between, should allow for dual setups, i.e. online mode and offline mode. Exactly. 
100% agree. But I, but I think it should be universal across the board. I think, you know, the player and the community should should have the option to 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 decide what it's going to be. At least that's that's my thought about it. So Gerald, though the lone dissenter, oh Gerald, <laughs> says, oh, "This is on Discord." Okay, so I might get some hate uh, from my response, but I understand why in 2022 we are still talking about being offline. Guys, everything we do is online. So in short, I don't mind being online in games. That's how we get patches and updates, etc. Everyone, everything we do is online. Our our world revolves on being online. It's just the way it is. The phones that we carry in our pocket are always online. I don't mind my games being uh, online 24-7 because they already are. Looking forward to the show and the varied answers we all get so i think you might be the lone i think i think you might be the lone uh dessert uh deserter uh gerald uh yes i do think that's definitely one thought that we can get from this if this is going to be an inevitability you know why not accept it now and move on with your lives i get that i really do but at the same time it's kind of like no you know we should still have choice and and by making it online takes away that choice, you know. And and I really believe that by making it online, it incentivizes folks to to or creators to really prioritize the multiplayer experience. And I think that and I, th- I think that that uh, perforates, uh, sorry, proliferates outward. And that's why I think we have so many online or multiplayer titles. You know, I had no idea that that Final Fantasy was a was a multiplayer game until I actually, you know, was looking at it. I was like, oh, my God, you could, this is a multiplayer game. Why? Like, that that's a game for me that doesn't seem like it needs it. But but it's there. So so I think that it should just be, again, the the option of the player to decide if they're going to be online or offline. And if uh, and if you get it, something that says, hey, you know. I mean, we're all fairly savvy gamers. If someone, if you get a message or something saying, you know, hey, there's a, you know, you need an update or something, then you can go online, update your game, and then you're and then you're done. You know, I don't know. I, I just think there there needs to be a little bit more uh, wiggle room for folks. Because like, what about the people who just don't like Fred was saying? You know, what if his internet's down? Then you can't play the game. Like you spent sixty dollars on a game and you can't play it. You know, because you're you're your company, you know, your internet company is, you know, took a dump or whatever. So I just think it's just stuff like that 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 we kind of have to on a on a on a sort of like deeper level, we need to just kind of like think about like what's what's going on with that. Um do either of you have anything to add to that? I'm not I'm not with the twenty four seven at all. At all. Okay. Um, there needs to be a split. There needs to be an online mode and an offline mode. I guess for some games like Destiny, it's being all con- being online constantly. I think there's always going to be those outliers where that model works. But I think for the overwhelming majority of titles out there, there's got to be an a choice that you can make. I mean, the 
I really can't speak on GT7 because I don't play it. But I think there was a, uh, it was Saturday. I'm going to shout out What's Up PlayStation channel on YouTube. They're an independent, uh, independent show, Jay Bari and Persona Gaming. And they had a guest on who was a big GT7 guy who was really breaking things down. It sounded like the the fervor was kind of a lot, bit like people were just bitching because they had to play the game. That's what it sounded like to me, based off this dude who's logged in, you know, I don't know how many hours over the course of GT Gran Turismo's uh, history. So I would suggest folks listen to that to get a perspective, the perspective from someone who actually plays the game, plays the series, and enjoys it, invests his time in it. But my thing is I'm all for people having being able to just play offline. And when they want to jump in the multiplayer game, you can jump online. Every freaking game I have on my PlayStation and, I, and on my Xbox, whether there's an, a multiplayer mode or not, gets a freaking patch. <laughs> mm. You know, it, that's not. I, and when they say, oh, well, we want to prevent cheating and, and this and that, it's like, no, you're not preventing anything. You're You're doing this. There's possibly is probably a way for when you have something co consistently online all the time, you're able to make like on the fly small adjustments to your stores, to your you know tweaks and whatnot. There may be something to that, but I got I, I just yesterday I got a download patch for chorus. Of course doesn't have an online have an online mode. You know, it's it's like come on. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh so Crucial Chase on Discord says single player games should be offline, multiplayer games should be online. Simple. But I guess that that kind of speaks to your your point Kev is just like even single player games you know because they're online, you know, get this, get this, uh, updates the same way. So it's just mm. really kind of this weird kind of, um, exception. So Ren on dis Ren on discord says with certain games, I do believe it is necessary, AKA an extended live service game, but purely single player games, I think are, it's very unnecessary. Agree. Really, the only time I do think it should be required online is multiplayer or the live service, but it all depends on the game. Like, and and again, I can see like fighting games being online all the time, you know, because people are always going to be playing those games, and, and I think that they're probably going to be doing some kind of balancing. And like I said, live service games, Destiny, they're always testing and testing this stuff, but single player games, I just don't think it's I don't think it's necessary. Uh, Joe, uh, you have the final word, my friend. What what are your thoughts on this? Uh, definitely, I think this whole Gran Turismo 7 thing is kind of messed up because this game is mainly a, a single-player game with some multiplayer components and to take the entirety of the game and basically get it out so that it's not playable if the internet is down or if their servers are down. 
You know, I remember when the PSN outage happened back in 2011 with the PlayStation 3, and I just remember the that time where, you know, obviously I think uh, PlayStation owners were kind of held, held, left uh, holding the bag a little bit regarding, uh, you know, signing on and doing our usual stuff. And uh, not you know, if you bought physical. You know it. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But even nowadays, I mean, some games, the physical disc is just a, a license key. It's like I know with Halo Infinite, not all the modes that are on the game itself Halo is on Infinite the disc. Is basically, a live service game, though. Yeah, I know it's it is. It's a yeah. live service game. I don't even. I don't even look at that as as. They basically told us after Craig 1.1.0, <laughs> they told us that that was going to be live service. But yeah, that that was, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of weird now to think that uh, if you buy a game day one, you're not getting the you know complete final version of the game on disc. You know, basically you're just getting the version 1.0 on there and. Uh, you know, when if you're collecting for archival purposes, like for co- actual true blue collection purposes, I would almost say that you almost be better off waiting until a game of the year edition comes out or something that's pressed. That way it has the complete game that you could play at your leisure where, you know, 20 years from now, if you boot this up, uh, you don't have to worry about getting a patch <laughs> to be able to play. But who, who's to say if you're going to boot it up 20 years from now, too? So, I mean, but uh uh, I think someone else was talking about this and they had a valid point that they felt like some aspects of uh, Destiny 2, they wish they could go back and play like, uh, you know, like we all bought Forsaken and Forsaken is down. It's permanently not a part of Destiny 2 anymore and there's no way we could go back and actively play something we paid for, you know, and I can't per se, you know, Destiny is a game that could I could see could be played offline, even though I know it's just always online service game, but I could definitely see to where there could be a single player component into it. I mean, you got to think of games like, you know, where we've been currently playing Outriders and Outriders is always the save games in the cloud, even though, you know, you could basically solo that game from beginning to end if need be. So, you know, so it's just the lines are being blurred and, I almost wish it was handled like it was on the Switch, where you know, I could take that Switch anywhere. I don't have to worry about being online. I'll just go and plug in my game card and go, go, go. But Yeah. So um, thank you, everybody, uh, for commenting on this. Um, it And I think it, it's one of those things that will just always be indicative of games. And I think we're just going to have a conversation about it. You know, we'll continue to have conversations about it until you know the cows come home probably but but i'm glad that we you know had a pretty good conversation about it so our next question for our next uh show is are you a fan of deck building type games i.e slay the spire uh, monster train um games like that you know they don't have to be they don't have to be um roguelites or anything like that the uh the um what was it called the song of the dragon uh, was another one that was that was made by Square Enix, and it was a it was a pre- pretty much a card game as well. So, but do you like uh, Voice of Cards? That yeah, game? Voice of Cards. Thank you. Uh, do you do you like deck building games? You know, and if you do, 
please tell us why, you know, and if you do not, please tell us why. I mean, we like card games, you know, we want to know about, about your experiences and, and if you like them or not. But again, thank you to everyone who took the time to to answer the question. And like always, Kevin will be giving you a shout out at the end of the show. If you ever want to um, to answer our, our our question or or be a part of the show, Kevin will also be telling you how to do that. So I, I don't want to steal Kevin's thunder. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, that's it for me, Kev. It's back to you, my friend. All right. So next topic on the docket, we've got the news. Jabroni Chief, you on deck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we did get some news. I know the big hot button issue, which I'm not going to talk about. Just may briefly mention that you know the whole thing about Spartacus is rumored to be unveiled as soon as next week, and so uh, there's been some hubbub and whatnot. And I'm not going to really make it a point. I'm just going to mention that you know we might be talking about the this finally. Uh, once the lid is uh, let open from what uh, Sony's plans is for the PS Plus upgrade next show. So, but uh, the first thing I do want to talk about, though, is that uh, there are rumors. God love them rumors. According to reliable leaker, uh, Tom Henderson. I wonder if he has business cards. Says reliable leaker um, who cites several sources with uh, direct knowledge of Ubisoft's plan. Uh, basically is that they have about 20 games lined up to be able to show off and unveil on there. I know Ubisoft's been kind of quiet, you know, as of late and whatnot, you know, and just kind of letting all that uh, stuff about that, you know, sexual harassment that, you know, that GH Radio loves to talk about every episode uh, um, <laughs> on that as far as... Uh, <laughs> going on with uh, their company and whatnot, but uh, they are uh, basically lining up a bunch of games on here. And so we're going to kind of cover as far as what's going on with Ubisoft. And so first uh, they did cover some of the known quantity games, and that includes like Skull and Bones, that game shown a long time ago on there. And obviously this game is now a service game and it is multiplayer first, focusing on ship combat on there that is supposed to be slated before uh april 2022 to march 2023 and then also to avatar frontiers of pandora based on the uh not the cool nickelodeon uh, anime or cartoon series it's the um james cameron avatar there, so yeah so but massive entertainment the developers of the division in the division two have been working on this game and uh uh, we're going to see more of that game, too, uh, on there. So and I guess there's some play testing going on with that game as well. So we'll have to see what goes on with that. I mean, if it's a good game, I'll still play it. But it's almost like uh, when we talked about last show about Hogwarts, where, you know, I'm not coming in with any blinders for Harry Potter. You know, I'm not because uh, I know there's some people that are very um, fervent against anything dealing with jk rowling on there so you know and so you know to me if it's a good game it's a good game you know but uh, also too they uh, discussed about division heartland which is coming from red storm the um same uh, division that is responsible for uh rainbow six on there but they are working on a free-to-play division on there if you didn't know it was free to play but it's almost ready to release 
on there and we'll check and see but the uh, next thing is kind of a surprise uh, um, and i don't know if you want to add anything desmond but immortals phoenix rising is going to get a sequel i guess so that fantastic is in a development so it's in pre-production stage and um it's in development by ubisoft quebec uh, the same developers of the first game they're also working on a new assassin's creed as well so and yeah so, well, to see you, it's pretty good. I mean, give me a chance to maybe go back and play the game more because, you know, that was the uh, Assassin's Creed Breath of the Wild baby, basically, <laughs> uh, from a, a year or two ago. And I know uh, you can find it very cheap if you want to check it out if you haven't played it yet. So, But the uh, other Assassin's Creed game that they're talking about is Assassin's Creed Rift on there, I guess, that Jason Schreier from Bloomberg reported on it. And this just started out as another expansion for Valhalla, but they wound up uh, setting it aside and then it's going to be its own fully fledged separate game on there. It's going to release towards the end of 2022 on here. It might even uh, be pushed back to 2023. I guess uh, this might be the last quote unquote, uh, you know, single player uh, Assassin's Creed game to come out before they uh, bust out their live service Assassin's Creed Infinity, which has been rumored on there. And that, I think Infinity is not supposed to come out according to the confirmed leaker <laughs> until 2024, 2025 on there. So, you know, dread the day on that, right, Kev? Oh, gosh. Well, I haven't been paying attention to Assassin's Creed since. I mean, Black Flag was the last good one in my book, in my opinion. Everything else is just, I, I, I couldn't get into Origins. I tried, I couldn't get into it. And everything else after that just became just these overbloated, laden, I, I don't know. It, it, they just did not, the, the games just were not the same. Instead of focusing on... I mean, I don't even know if if the assassin if they even talk about the assassins in these in these newer games because they don't seem to. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just that series from its origins. I think, and I, I get it. You want things to change. You want things to evolve as time goes on. If you want to have a long-lasting series. But at the same time, it's okay to let a series rest mm -hmm. and then start something completely new. Agreed. I think if games like Assassin's Creed Origins and uh, whatever the thing with the Vikings and the other one that they did with the, the Greeks, maybe it would be okay if you called it something else, if it wasn't linked to the AC universe, that universe carries with it a legacy, a core, a story involving, you know, the assassins, the true meaning in history, uh, shady conspiracies trying to cover it up. And both sides willing to go and do whatever it takes to push their own agenda. And I think 
when you step out of that, the, those these latter games have just completely stepped away. I don't even know if you assassinate anybody in these newer games or not. All I see is people running around these massive battlefields, <laughs> you know, hacking and slashing everybody. It's not an Assassin's Creed game. It's not. Uh, you know, I, maybe I'm just an old fogey. What's your opinion of uh, Unity and uh, Syndicate? I know those are the two games prior to when they kind of jumped the shark a bit or changed the formula. Unity was Unity was nigh unplayable for me. I supposedly you got to get that on PC and it works really good there, but they uh, the it other for, one for um for Xbox actually. You could run at 60 frames on Xbox. So. Mm-hmm. But even that they started deviling it, oh, you know, teaming up with your group and your party of assassins and everybody's running around coordinating these hits. And I guess it's okay, but even that, that started to lose me. I think maybe if they would have worked with that a little bit more, something good could have come to it. At least you're assassinating people in that game. At least you actually, your your role is to actually assassinate, not just go into these massive brawls and just kill everybody. Which, by the way, I have no, I have no problem doing. I love games like that, but... I mean, in Assassin's Creed, like I said, there's a legacy, there's a core, there's a supporting gameplay mechanic there. And as far as the other one that took place in London, I thought I was going to really like that game, but it kind of deteriorated into one of these mass beat-em-up brawls. You know, if you're the dude, he's geared to melee combat, and the girl is the one that's geared for espionage and sneaking around and whatnot i just couldn't get drawn into the story for whatever reason um because i have i think i still have i think i still have that one um but it I'll, it's the I only assassin's creed that doesn't run well on ps5 it has some glitching and some visual artifacts so mm. So if you have it, if you only have a PS5 in, in his his house, they never went back in to patch it up mm-hmm. to make it run effectively. So it's out of the 99% of the games uh, back compat on PS5, as far as PS4 games, it's one of the outlier games that does not run well for whatever reason. So, so but uh, it does run. Uh, I think it uh, has the FPS boost on good old Xbox. So. Uh, some other games they talked to and kind of uh, talked about X Defiant, which is that another uh, free-to-play crazy-ass shooter uh, with the Tom Clancy brand. They actually lopped off the Tom Clancy name off that game on there, and they're still working through it. I think this game's probably going to fall on its face. We think we talked about <laughs> Ad Nauseum once uh, it was first talked about and gameplay was shown from it, but we'll have to see on there. I know it's not our alley especially with it being free to play but uh, uh, another thing that kind of caught my eye though with this uh, big uh, amount of games is that uh, not only on top of the Prince of Persia Santa Time remake there is actually a new Prince of Persia reportedly in the works uh, by Ubisoft on there and uh, uh, supposedly the game is described as taking some inspiration from Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the World of the Wisp and it's going to be a 2D going to be a 2.5d game 
on there. So, but uh, you know, I'm definitely supportive of any new Prince of Persia. I think it's something that they could have gone back to the well instead of just keep going to the Assassin's Creed well for years and years and years. So on there and then uh, also too uh, they did announce or rumored to be working on a new crew so they're busting out a crew three <laughs> on there so we'll have to see what's overhauled but you know they still have been plugging away at the crew too much to whoever's playing that game still in fact they are busting out with a 60 frames a second mode for ps5 and xbox series x consoles for the crew coming up in a couple months on there so you know you know, one thing you gotta hand it to ubisoft you buy one of their games you got the support if you want to milk it and get pennies on the dollar you get pennies on the dollar on that so i, I don't think that's 60 frames on the crew too is not going to make you go back to that right kid no and to be honest man i have no faith in ubisoft as a developer right now as far as them developing something I'm going to care about. It's just one of those, I, I, for a long time, Assassin's Creed were some of my, were my favorite adventure titles. Um, and they're, they're just on a path, a development. They're on a, in a development model pattern right now. That is just not for me. And that's fine. Uh, y'all saving me money every time you put a new title out. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, it, but it's just, it's just a little bit unfortunate because at one time, Ubisoft did put out some of the games, some of the best games or the funnest games that I was looking forward to in a given year. Uh, but that's that's not who they are anymore. So. Any yeah. thoughts, Desmond, on any of these Ubisoft offerings, rumors, de jour? No, but I think Kevin is is right in what he's saying. I think Ubisoft is one of those developers that once in the blue moon, they'll stray uh, from a tried and true path, and they'll do something really cool like, uh, you know, uh, Phoenix Rising, you know, and then, but even that, popped out of a mistake because that was supposed to be part of uh assassin creed's assassin's creed odyssey you know so every now and again they will they, they will move out of their own way and allow something cool to happen but i'm 100 agreeing with kevin they haven't really had any spark of of anything resembling originality in a very long time and hey like no no shade or anything you know they're they're out to make money and if as long as assassin's creed continues to make them money we will get it in spades so just i mean that's just the thing you just gotta kind of realize that that's just kind of what's gonna happen so uh, i would love for them 100% love for them to uh, give us different and new experiences, but they're just not into that. You know, they're just, they're, that's just not what they're willing to do. And, and that's fine, you know, because like Kevin said, uh, money stays in my pocket. I'm good. So that's, that's it. Yeah. As far as, for, I mean, I'm going to take it as a game by game basis for Ubisoft. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, obviously I'm not uh, very positive with their output as of late. I don't like all the NF NFT talk from Eve and 
all this crap about the, you know, going where the money's at, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see if Ubisoft winds up being bought out by someone, you know, at some point, whether it's, you know, Big Daddy Phil or, uh, you know, whether another company like Tencent maybe come in and uh, scoop Ubisoft up. I don't think so. Like, I think, I think Ubisoft is going to, is going to stay the course, you know, because they really have no reason not to, you know, I don't think that there are any kind of financial distress or anything so i think they're just gonna i think for them it's just status quo like they have you know okay what do we do now everybody assassin's creed all right let's go (laughs) you know like come on they don't need to buy any new assets or anything so what are they spending money on (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean come on (laughs) that would be a lot of people to to pay their 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 health care and retirement ubisoft is ubisoft is a huge publisher yeah they're they're pretty gigantor you know they're even bigger than activision i would say so it's like y'all want to take out you all you guys want to pay for all that too and their substandard games okay uh, yeah, according to Wikipedia, the number of the employees as of 2020, they had 18,000 employees. So yeah, uh, Dude, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another news: uh, Ghostwire Tokyo just came out uh, this past Friday on here, and uh, uh, they basically talked about um, Tango GameWorks and basically Sh- uh, Shinji Mikami noted executive producer of this game but uh, you know obviously prior director of games such like uh resident evil 1 and 2 resident evil 4 god hand on here he wants the company to be known for more than just horror games in the future on there he uh had a famitsu interview he uh, basically sat down and talked and at the moment we're seeing as the studio that specializes only in survival horror on here while the former resident evil series director said it's nice to have a reputation among fans we also want to be viewed as a studio that can create a wider variety of games on here so and uh they are currently working on a new game on uh, its first non-horror title on here uh, the the director of evil within two john johannes is leading the project and uh, Mikami went as far as described as the complete opposite of horror. It's a really good game. So keep your eyes peeled on there, but uh, he hopes that Tango Gameworks will ultimately be, a, be able to produce a masterpiece every 10 years, but they want to have the studio making smaller titles all along the uh, big budget games they're currently known for on here. So he wants to be able to actually teach new people how to develop games as well and then nurture new talent on there and he says that they think it's going to be more achievable working in smaller teams on there so and he quote his quote said although we are a studio that makes games we also want to have an aspect of a game school where staff can learn how to make games we want to make it a place where you could grow as a creator and develop your skills and core while working from the bottom up on here in recent years commercial considerations have meant that we had to develop in large teams however thanks to the emergence of game subscription services over the past few years we feel now it's possible to make games on a smaller scale on here so yeah so we'll have to see uh what's coming from tango gameworks i kind of feel like ever since he went and basically 
got with Bethesda that he's been like in this survival horror, like, you know, uh, ghetto, if need be. And that's what he's noted for. He did Resident Evil 4, you know, but I definitely want to see more stuff like God Hand from him and less stuff like, you know, the usual survival horror. I mean, if he's bored of it or if you want to do other stuff, hell, let him create and do what he needs to do on there. And I think it's kind of a, a great thing, you know, he's part of Microsoft now with Bethesda's acquisition by Microsoft. So are you guys curious to see what else Tango can come up with besides, you know, Evil Within 1 and 2 and now Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah, I, I think I think what they can do is is really cool. Like I was looking at Ghostwire Tokyo and it seemed like he was going to it seems like it's a really fun game. Um, so I'm I'm eager to to see what they can do with what they can do with it like i'm really like i was i was kind of sitting there struggling about picking it up or not um know? i'm definitely thinking about it too you know yeah. someone on twitter just made a point of it's like ghostwire tokyo is yu yu haka show the game basically so oh my god i didn't think about that you are 100 oh. correct my friend that is straight yes. up yu yu haka show the game oh wow oof yeah 100 percent Yep, because if you're a wow. fan of uh, noted 90s anime Yu Yu Hakusho, that it's all about ghosts. So, oh my right. god, now I can just now I just have that song in my head. Oh, geez. son of a gun! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, like damn it, Joe. <laughs> uh, it kind of you know. Uh, I almost bought Ghostwire Tokyo today when I went to pick up for, for uh, Kirby. I almost did. I said, no, I gotta be real. Am I really gonna be going to this game in a in a anytime soon? And it's like, no. <laughs> you, if you go to Best Buy, get that steelbook, steelbook, yeah. steelbook case. Actually, where that's where I got my copy of Kirby, but I was like, nah. They still have the they still have the steelbook though? I don't know uh, if they Crack internet research right here. Do, 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 do. Probably not. I almost, I almost bought it. But I do like his the idea of what he wants to do being a nurturing house for up-and-coming mm-hmm. game developers. I think most developers, I think all developers really should have that concept in mind if they want to if if we all want I think we all want to see this industry grow and the content diversify and genres reimagined and concepts new concepts discovered and old concepts you know uh, reimagined the best way that that's going to happen is that develop established developers are going to have to take an active role in uh grooming up and coming game devs once they become employees just kind of encourage and help them develop as creative persons and i think that's how you get that internal development you get even more and more and more high quality high product high highly productive personnel working for you by by actually investing in the people i mean just outside of simply giving them a paycheck great yeah, I think uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing what uh, T 
Tango can come up with, you know, on there. I think it's a boon for uh, Games Pass, possibly, and Xbox. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be the last game that they're going to release, at least. You know, who knows if Microsoft will allow them to do any other PlayStation titles. But we'll have to see once that, you know, comes to fruition, whatever new projects they have come out. So. And uh, yeah, if you still want to purchase the game, it does still come with the still book and while supplies last. So much to my chagrin, of course. That it's still chagrin. So, so, so you can still get it though. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Still available. Yes. All right. And in other news, yeah, we're going to kind of come back to talk about what happened with Gran Turismo 7, of course, you know, and. Uh, you talked about last episode where everyone was just up in arms about the microtransactions in the game and the cost of buying vehicles and whatnot on there. And, and lo and behold, you know, they did have a, a PlayStation blog post that showed up on here. And uh, basically players that are currently active in the game as of uh, last Friday, which would have been on the 25th, will get... One million in free credits on there, and they're also going to add the ability to be able to sell cars as well on there. Um, they are increasing rewards in the latter half of World Circuits by 100% on average on there. They're going to have high rewards for clearing the circuit experience in all gold and all bronze. Uh, online races are going to have more rewards on there. Um, they have a total of eight new one-hour endurance race modes, events, two missions on there. And they're going to have these, you know, uh, by them adding those endurance races to missions, they're going to take them uh, basically from online to offline, that you can play them offline. And they're going to bump up the reward settings for that on there. And uh, uh, they're going to increase the quantity of using legend cars on offer at any given time because I think we talked about last episode where you know you have unlimited time. Like say if you get like a Porsche livery or whatnot, uh, that uh, you only have a limited amount of time to be able to purchase cars before you know you are pretty much shit out of luck on there. So on there, and this is uh, the statement from uh, Kazunori Yamamuchi on there. So we want to thank you for your continued patience and valuable feedback as we grow and evolve GT7 to make it as enjoyable and rewarding for as many players as possible. We always want to keep up communication uh, with our community so we can work together to build the best racing experience possible on here. So that's basically what they stated. And, uh, you know, they kind of just did a straight-ass U-turn on this, which is good. Because uh, if they're gonna keep keep that uh, microtransactions rolling, you're gonna keep everyone happy. So they straight up you know, peeled out. They said, "Let's go." Peeled out. Yeah, they, they straight up threw, threw that handbrake up and went, <laughs> They're like, "We out. Let's go." Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So you know, if, if this was in front of a, a board of Japanese directors, you'd be doing all the bowing, all the bowing to his customers. <laughs> so. Not lying. I mean, I I think that's good, but I th- also think this is an example of the power of the consumer. People complained, and it got to who it needed to get to, which caused this U-turn to take place. That's why, that's when I hear when people say, oh, it's inevitable that this, we're talking about 
the hobby of video games, when we're talking about trends in any type of consumer product, I don't buy it. This, do you really think that if nobody complained, if we just, well, that's just what polyphony's going to do, they wouldn't have done this. People complained. And I really, I, I, I really want to point again, folks, to like places like What's Up PlayStation, that, that, that show that they did this past Saturday, or any other podcasts that have people that actually play the game because there's a lot, there was a, quite a bit of agenda pushing. And I know when I was listening to uh, What's Up PlayStation, the dude that they had on was saying where people were talking about not getting the right amount of money for certain events. And he was pointing out specific series events that were giving more money in payout and taking less time than the tracks that people were complaining about. So I think there's a, there's a little bit of, I don't want to have to play these. I don't want to have to play this game. I just want you to give me all kinds of credits so I can just get the cars that I want. And the way that it was explained is that Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo lasts <clears throat> for a pretty much a console generation, including updates. And they want to encourage you to play the game because it's a sim. And this whole thing with the microtransactions and not being able to sell the car, yeah, that was foul. They corrected it when the community responded. But some of the people, it sounded like, uh, from coming from, uh, we're talking specifically either uh, game journos and some of our uh, YouTube uh, influencer channels. Yep. All the we're Xbox, probably uh, pushing. We're probably pushing an agenda here as well. Use this. Use something that Polyphony could have prevented, which is their bad. They corrected it, but they were also using it to push a certain kind of agenda here. Yep. You know when you got like trolls like you know uh, Colt Eastwood, Tom Warren at the Verge talking about it. You know. Uh, seeing them retweet stuff from uh, PlayStation's account back in 2013, talking about the Xbox One. That shit runs deep. Those mm -hmm. wounds run deep about the always <laughs> online and all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> talking about that that stuff and the Xbox One launch and all this other stuff. And so, they, you know, obviously they're like, oh, PlayStation made a bad decision. <laughs> Look, looking over here. Oh, mm -hmm. they're, they're noted Gran Turismo went uh, offline for 24 hours. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, I knew they were I knew they were full of crap when people were saying, oh, this is the biggest L since the PS3 PSN outage. No, it's not. Nowhere even close. Yeah. How you just... can put those two events in the same sentence is absolutely amazing to me. The stretch of logic, you your brain must be made of the same material as Stretch Armstrong. Huh. Uh, well, it, you're not wrong. <laughs> You know, but for, for again, listen to people that actually play the game. If you're if you're interested in getting the a proper perspective on stuff, because a lot of these folks, you know, we we don't want to we don't want to buy games. We don't really want to play them either. 
right? That's 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 what the gaming community has become in 2022. So if you're trying to find out about a given subject on a, on something that you're not particularly involved in, you know, look and see who's talking and look and see if they're talking, if they actually play the game. That's all I'll say. Yep. Because so. I'm playing grid anyway, so none of this really <laughs> at all. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, you know, people were talking about grid a little bit more uh, and Digital Foundry got a, a grid video out and uh, because uh, John Lundeman, one of the guys uh, that uh, works for Digital Foundry has been so Gran Turismo focused, he totally forgot about grid and he was making the fact that he's going to check out the game and see how it how it plays because you know he's probably like missing a good title and he even mentioned the fact that he was surprised by looking at the footage about grid legends it even went on sale not too long ago when got discounted down to 40 bucks which i know kev i know you were retweeting and letting everyone know it's a great game it is i have no regrets paying full price for it but it is an absolute steal at 40 bucks I'm going to have to get on it, maybe fire up my Xbox and do the 10-hour free trial on uh, Games Pass just to check it out. And, you know, I don't know how good the uh, all the DualSense stuff is with the game, but uh, if it's good enough and I enjoy it enough. I mean, is it is – it, I know it's semi, but it has enough, uh, like, arcade racing components to it that would make it, like – it is not it it when you when you have to when you can reverse time that's not semi yeah i know <laughs> no <laughs> yeah that's not semi you're you're drifting your drifts don't slow you down i mean if you do it right it is an arcadey racer it is not ridge racer by any stretch of the imagination but it is not gran turismo either by any stretch of the imagination it leans more toward the arcade side of things and it is it is a beautiful game it runs great the dual sense i don't know if i i really can't compare it to other driving games because this is the first driving game that i've used with the dual sense and it i'm getting a lot of quote sensation pun intended <laughs> through the controller you can tell when you're driving through wet when it's wet you can tell when it's when the when the streets dry you you feel the pull when you're driving a short course truck as opposed to a, a old school muscle car it you feel all that through the controller and it it grid legends is just a it is a fantastic game with a, a well cast uh, group of people playing out the live action portions too. Good deal. All right, and then my last news story before our, um, I have a fighting game segment coming up afterwards. Um, Stranger of Paradise has major performance issues on PC, but it's caused by the most odd and hilarious thing possible. And what's happening with the game both on PC and also on console is that all the hair and fur textures absolutely tank performance on here. I guess uh, yeah. for whatever reason. It's a weird every, game. Everything is uncompressed as far as the graphics and whatnot. Yeah. So. Another thing that's really crazy real quick is 
I guess on the PS5 version, you literally have to tear, turn the HD off and, and adjust it because the HD, for whatever reason, just blows all of the the textures out. Like, it's just, like, there's no... It's really crazy, like, what happens. So I turned off the HD and the game started looking better because, like, all the brights were so bright. <laughs> and I tried to work on the luminescence and I was just like... Like, no, it's just of the lumens or whatever, but it was just, it was too much. I was like, this is crazy. You got my HDR, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to turn that off. And it was just like, I don't know. And I I literally had to look up, like, what's going on with this game? It was just really I'm, crazy. I might, you know, it might be great that I can't buy it right now. You know, I'm going to yeah. wait until they patch yeah. it and get everything back on sorts. But uh some guy on twitter posted and it's in this article too on Eurogamer, where we source all our articles by the way on here that um that the, there's this character called the minister and it was dropping to 25 frames a second because of a fur fur coat popping up and this guy is running a rtx 3090 and it's going down to 25 frames on here. Uh, one of the characters, this elf, even on minimum, no shadows, drops my frames per second to eight frames a second because of That's the crazy. That's not textures. even trying to uh, to to optimize. No. You're not even trying. I know. <laughs> so it's really crazy. There is a mod out there for PC right now. They have a tool to toggle shaders on or off to improve performance, including one to make everyone in the game bald, basically. So, <laughs> so if if you uh, you know obviously, real gain of pain over here, and if you want to make all your characters bald on here, um, that it does improve the performance you know, by busting up everyone that is on the game on there um one other person posted on twitter says final fantasy origin strangers of paradise seemingly has a lot of frame rate and resolution visual issues uh the models are generally the most worst optimized thing i've ever seen including stuff like 30 megabytes of geometry for some common en enemies they have a, like a picture of a bat with like 30 megs of texture work <laughs> grief on here uh yeah right. on the how base many layers model, was so. that uh, so i guess they just need to go back to the well probably because um square square enix probably won this game out before the end of the fiscal year <laughs> and so they got out before the end of the fiscal year that's why you know noted uh, um um award-winning babylon's fall also had to make the you know end of the fiscal year along with uh what uh, chocobo gp and so a lot of these uh, games from square enix probably came in hot hot in fact uh, uh the game that came out right before the end of the fiscal year last year a balan wonder world on here yuji nako is posting something on twitter this week saying that he had no further comments about the game but he's under an nda but that he has some um, more stories to tell about the game once his NDA is up. So, so poor Square Enix, man. I'm going to spill like the beans. Spill mm -hmm. the beans about it, yeah, because he, he left the company pretty much out after that game came out. And so, you know, you kind of know some Platinum Games, their president, like, resigned, like, two weeks before Babylon's Fall came out. So <laughs> there's something going on uh, with that game, too, but... And I'm still enjoying it, so God, God forbid. But 
So we'll keep an eye out for Stranger of Paradise, see if there's some patches coming through. If you are playing the game, definitely let us know, because I think Desmond wants to have someone to play multiplayer with. So I'll, I'll be checking out the demo for sure. So, And then as I alluded before, there's some fighting game news. I'm going to go over these real quick. Uh, you know, since I'm more enthusiastic, I kind of want to uh, make our podcast more... Uh, focus on some of these this news so we'll go through this you know some games we you know not just me but everyone on the show might be interested in so arc system works did announce that they are um, going to have their arc world tour 2022 this year on there uh, of course it's going to be uh, guilty gear strive and dnf duel kev's favorite on here um, they're going to be competing for a hundred thousand dollars for a total sum of two hundred thousand dollars for the global competition on here, so top players from tournaments held all over the world will be invited to participate in the final tournament, ARC World Tour Final. On here, both the SIE, Sony Entertainment America, and Exxon Korea Corporation will sponsor the tournament on there. So definitely good good vibes out there for ARC System Work fans on there. And speaking of ARC System Works, uh, DNF Duel uh, does have a release date, so it's going to be out on June 28th. On here, so uh, and then uh, that will be out for both PS5, PS4, PC on there, and uh, you know, take a look at that. Uh, the uh, open beta, you know, it's just going to be on PlayStation, it'll be uh, coming out pretty soon. We'll, I think you're going to go on this time around, right, Kev? If you find the time, if you're not overtiming it up, yeah, I yeah. Will. So, the second open beta test is going to be running from April 1st. All the way to April 4th on there. So as of we're recording this episode, it's going to be uh, next week on here. So maybe we'll talk about it on the next show and you know, give our impressions of the beta test if need be on there. I'll definitely be checking it out too as well. Uh, Virtua Fighter did get an announcement too, uh, talking about they have a collaboration with uh, Bandai Namco on here and they are bringing some tekken skins uh as a downloadable content for virtual fighter 5 ultimate showdown so if you ever wanted to throw make your akira look like uh you know some guys from tekken if you, you know if you want to play dress them up you know uh, when i play virtual fighter 5 i i sometimes i don't like the uh some of the um, costumes or the skins that they use because it kind of throws me off a little bit. Like, you know, they have an option to use the Virtual Fighter 1 Polygon skins. <laughs> it's just, I think it just looks jarring in my opinion, but uh, that's just me. So, uh, King of Fighters uh, 15, they announced a, a new character. They're going to be bringing out Omega Rugal, that cheap ass bastard from previous King of Fighters. Mm-hmm. On there, including uh, noted, you know, final boss and King of King of Fighters '95. On there, I remember just uh, uh, playing Rugal in like noting that uh, God, like He's the a punk. Uh, he is a damn punk. I remember trying to just beat him. I think, I think there's a Justin Wong YouTube video of him going back to an old King of Fighters, uh, King of Fighters '95, and trying to beat Rugal at the end. And man, oh man, that AI is just nothing but jumping around and doing all sorts of sh- shenanery on there. Mm-hmm. So uh, they also have a new uh, game mode for King of Fighters 15, Boss Challenge on there. Uh, so the Boss Challenge uh, players are tasked with defeating Omega Rugal and then unlock his Omega armor on there, a new stage and a new song on there. So if you want to, like, you know, 
relive those King of Fighter 95 memories from way back in the day. Uh, you have that boss mode challenge to be able to try to beat Rugal and get him down. Yeah, he is, looks like he is just as much of a bastard as he was before. He's like scissor kicking through people's supers. Knocking people out of their specials just like he did before. It's like, oh my gosh. Any, any King of Fighters memories, Des? No. I no. the only ones that I the only ones that I remember is kicking your butt. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Let me be gone. So much fun. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kick a cabinet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nah, you know, it's I. I always have fun. You know, I. I just again, I just remember our 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 specific. You know, ones that we always played. You was playing Choi and and Athena and all them, and me playing. You know, the uh, the. I, I had my own specific. You know, because King of Fighters, I always have an edit mode, and I had my yeah. freak team. Freaks. Yeah, you had your freak team too. And I was just like, <laughs> yep. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, freak team, man. It's like Chun, uh, and then Choi, yeah, and then the old man from the Chinese team. On yeah. there, which I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember. So. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Middle, middle, uh, ball and chain. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And so. then last but not least, uh, King of Fighters, uh, not King of Fighters, Street Fighter V is getting their final balance update. So there's a lot of tweaks going on with that on there. There's also some um, visual filters, which are only going to be offline, but you're going to have a, a cell shaded mode on here. And then they have a pixel filter, which looks entirely like uh, the inside of uh, Rhino, Rhino's ass, basically. It just looks very bad on here so it just looks looks very crappy on there if you happen to see the uh, old school pixel filter that they have on there but uh, um, if you ever want to dive into Street Fighter 5 before Street Fighter 6 rolls around next year uh, we'll have to see how this balance comes out I knew from streamers I've watched and whatnot said that uh, even though Street Fighter 5 started rough and we could attest to that we talked about ad nauseum that that the game now as it stands seems like it's in a good spot. So, and I know Kev, you, we talked about, but I don't think you're ever going to go back to playing Street Fighter Five. I guess too I long the two. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been so long since I've been out of it. Six is on the horizon, and there's so many other great fighting games that I need to be playing. I, I there's just no reason for me to go back at this point. Yeah, I'm ashamed I, I, of that. There are tons of new stuff coming out. Oh, for sure. I have it downloaded. I just wanted to check it out just to get an idea. And I might just do arcade mode, you know. I just might not take the time to main a character or go online or do anything like that. But I'm just kind of curious where the game is now versus when I played it, you know, when it originally came back out in 2016. So kind of curious, you know. I know a friend of the show, Nick, was bought it on Steam and was playing it for a bit in his cat, one of his cabinets on there. So, you know, wouldn't mind. Just seeing where the game's at, just to get a kind of frame of reference, at least for me. And it's kind of cool that this big update's coming out because it is free on there as far as balances on there. And I know from what I saw that uh, 
they said white privilege is being taken out of the game because they're definitely nerfing Luke. I guess Luke, when he came out, came out very <laughs> overpowered. So yeah, I heard, I heard that. I just, I mean, he played when they said he's going to be the basis of six, and they showed how he played. He's so much faster. His moves are so much faster than just about everybody else's. I I knew immediately that there that guy was going to be getting nerfed probably sooner than later, but I think they wanted to get, they let him go for a little bit longer because they wanted people to get to start getting a sense for how six was going to play, and I have a feeling that if for those who took to Luke, he's that's probably going to be the basis for how six plays. That's just my that's what just my uh, guesstimation on it. Yeah, uh, I know from one of checking out the Resetera thread that uh, they're taking out his invincible EX Rising Rocket and other moves on here. So that they even uh, posted that uh, they're revoking Luke's white privilege in this update. So <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty Love funny, it. actually. <laughs> white privilege revoked. White privilege has been revoked on there. So everyone's getting like added air moves and juggles and whatnot. So just looking like, you know, that they're quote unquote putting the fun back in. And I know Rose is getting the ability to be able to heal herself too, which I think uh, some people on the thread were complaining about as well on here. So as long as everyone's better and everything's cool, you know, so I'll have to see. Who knows? Maybe if, you know, we'll have to play this on a game night or something. We'll see. So. Uh, that is my fighting game corner, and that is the news for this episode. Well, all right, thank you for that, <clears throat> Jabroni Chief. We've got a, but we've got another section here, and we're going to turn it right back over to our good friend Trader Joe, who's going to give you some updates on our game nights. So, Joe, why don't you go ahead and hit them up with that info? All right, game night. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, this is uh, we do this every Thursday. You know, one thing to keep in mind is that you don't have to play on the same platform we're playing on. Uh, we are basically grouping together in our Discord, and we're just getting to a nice group chat. You know, so if you happen to want to play something, even if you want to go wash your dishes and still talk to us, you can come in and talk to us on Discord if need be on there. So, but uh, and, you know, we're trying to get more people engaged with the community. Um, we did have a Risk of Rain 2 uh, contest that was running last month that uh, unfortunately didn't get a lot of momentum. So uh, we got the uh, tweet back up uh, round two on that. We're giving away three copies of Risk of Rain 2 for the PlayStation 4 on there. And all you need to do is go on to Twitter at Gaming Vessels and go ahead and retweet, like the post. And then also, if you're not a member of our Discord community, go and join our Discord. Uh, for an entry to win a free copy. And it's a free physical copy of Risk of Rain 2. The contest will end on April 15th. You know, we have to go pay the man. We might as well go and get a free <laughs> copy of Risk of Rain 2 as well, because we'll be announcing uh, the winners on that show once that show is recorded. And that will be in three weeks from this particular episode. So that will be for episode... Uh, 166, not 366, 166. So we're not going to go in time. I'm not going to hold off until 366 on there. But uh, 
And then if you have any ideas for a game night, definitely let us know. I know John BT, one of our you know Discord members, uh, wants to go back to Monster Hunter Rise. So we are going back to Monster Hunter Rise this uh, upcoming Thursday on there, and we're going to try to you know, maybe think about uh, picking up a new uh, weapon to kind of get some momentum towards Sunbreak once Sunbreak comes out in June on there and try to get back into the game proper that way uh, maybe we get used to the wire bugs by the time sunbreak comes out if maybe but you know i want to encourage everyone even if you want to just come talk to us just uh you know because we unfortunately we don't stream we're doing one on, on this you know we're not on twitch or we do any sort of streaming as of yet so this is a way for us to talk to you directly and engage beyond just being on the discord so definitely join us Indeed, indeed. So thank you for that update. Thank you for that update, sir. You're welcome. Contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email you want to use. If you've heard something that you want to respond to, if even you yourself would like to be on our show, get your perspective on gaming out to our listeners. You're going to want to send that feedback to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter page. Gaming Vessels at G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. There you'll also find a link to our Discord server, which I would highly encourage you to join. There's no waiting period. There's no, you know, background check, whatever some of the, or Patreon that you got to sign on to in order to, in order to join our Discord. All you got to be is a cool person who digs playing video games and likes talking about video games with other like-minded people. And when I say like-minded, I mean just people that like video games. We have a, we are not an echo chamber. We have a wide uh, variety of opinion on that topic, yet everybody is cordial, which is something that you will, you find few and far between on your more traditional social media platform. So I'd highly encourage you all to hit up that link on our Twitter page for our Discord server. All you can also find that same link on whatever podcast aggregate you use to download this show. And speaking of the show, one of the things that make this show work are the people that interact with us through our main events. So a special shout out to Mike Phillips, AZ Rockslide, Fred French 2017, Lab Lover, Will D., Gerald, Critical, Crucial Chase. I'm, I, know he, I keep tr always trying to call him Critical Chase. I'm sorry. My apologies. Crucial Chase. And, of course, Ren. Uh, special shout out to you fine folks, uh, both on our Discord and through our, our uh, Twitter <clears throat> interaction. Because, as I always say, without you all listening, and there's so many other things you could be doing with your time uh, so many other shows you could be listening to. Uh, without you all, we'd just be three old men yapping into the internet ether. So a special thank you. I don't. I never want a show to go uh, to complete without thanking those that listen, and also thanking those that participate in our main event discussion each and every week on Gaming Vessels. And individually, we have our own social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at shownuff 71 that's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I am shownuff 7 same spelling with number 7 at the end. Xbox, 
live. I am Shonuf071 on Steam. I am Shonuf71, same spelling as originally, and my Switch friend code is 76582155309. So, Des, where can folks get a hold of you at, man? All right, y'all can find me at uh, the Nemo Six on Twitter. That's T H E N E M O S I X, and on PSN, Steam, and Xbox Live, I am Nemo Ticker. That's N E M O T G G R, and my Nintendo friend code is five two eight zero six six seven four four five one nine. And as always, if you reach out to us, let us know how you know us. Mention the show or something. That way, we know we're talking to people, not bots. They know what they did. <laughs> and Trader Joe, where can folks get a hold of you at, man? Uh, they can get a hold of me on Twitter. I am the Jabroni Chief, uh, J A B R O N I C H I E F, forwarding all those contest entries and annoying Desmond to no end. Which, you know, I think he's getting all the contest entries up and getting entered as well. So he might yep. actually appreciate it. So I said, well, I just send it right back to you, buddy. <laughs> When he sends me one, I just send it right back to him. Yeah, there you go. He's he's in her too. So hey, more. I actually because some some contest entries require more. I actually throw listeners into the mix. So I'm sorry, listeners out there, including thank you, Jason Surgeon Fire, and also Gerald Ocon, because sometimes you know you get mixed in with my contest entries too. You know, it's like you know, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. Run, run. <laughs> <laughs> so PSN and Steam, also Jabroni Chief, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-C-H-I-E-F, Xbox, if I'm ever on, is going to be the same thing, Jabroni Chief with 374 at the end, Tinder friend code 47125931409. That is going to bring episode 163 to a close for Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. And for Trader Joe, a.k.a. the jabroni chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who is that food max of gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar? Where's that side, Desmond? <laughs> no side. It's, uh, it's, it's who you are. No side. No side. I am Sheldon Seventy One, aka Digga Dulamite. That purple bling bling, y'all. And we will be back next week, episode one six four for your auditory canals. Peace. <laughs>